1: So download the free Anchor app or go to
2: anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started.
3: Casey Boat here, and we're finally back from Daytona and ready to discuss an eventful Speed Weeks. Today, the lovely Freddie Kraft joins the guys. We'll be covering Ryan Newman's terrifying crash Denny Hamlin's Daytona 500 dominance, and Daniel Suarez blaming his spotter. Of course, knowing these guys, we have tons more to talk about. I know you're ready, so let's get started.
1: I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. ready? Cool. Give me what you got here. New leader. Follow. Watch out for this guy. White flag. White flag. Recognize. Hello. 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 Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming into the line.
2: Hey everybody, I'm uh, TJ Major, spotter with a 22 cup car, and uh, full studio alongside of me today.
1: Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, and after hearing that intro, I can't can't help but wonder how we have a full-time employee on the show now in the same intro. That's what I was thinking. Jason,
4: what'd you do all winter? He was
3: working on...
4: What? Yeah, I'm actually kind of work, working on the Dilger download now, too. So I've got to oh. split my time. Oh. So it's the, it's the Dilner
0: Jason download now. <laughs> wow. Moonlighter.
4: I'm splitting my time, but I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to get some good stuff going here soon.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. we're, so how many days have wow. you been on the job? A <laughs> uh, month and a half. Oh, so we're 45 days in, and <laughs> soon we're going to get some good stuff going. That's awesome. So yeah. yeah.
3: Can you imagine if Brett was your boss and not Davis?
1: <laughs> I'm a great boss.
2: It's funny because he was hired to do the, produce this show. And now he's already working on the because he's so donor great download. that they
3: want him to do more. Well,
2: I like it sounds the, like, like donors thinks. probably doing less. He's an
3: overachiever.
2: <laughs> donors Didn't overachieving in a field looking at dirt tracks <laughs> yeah, that exactly. used to be there thirty years <laughs> yeah. ago.
1: Casey, welcome back, sweetheart.
3: Hey guys, I'm Casey. <laughs> um, we also have the lovely Freddie Craft in the studio and our very amazing. Jason, Schultz, lazy, right part time,
2: part time, part <laughs> time DVC guy now.
3: Sorry, Full-time. Jason. Full time. No. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Can
4: I give you a to do list, Jason?
3: Will sure. that be
2: all
4: right. Go ahead. Okay. Awesome.
3: No, Freddie. Who do you spot for? Just tell <laughs> everybody. Uh,
4: I had Bubba Wallace this week. I
0: was supposed to have AJ Allmendinger this week. That didn't work out very good. <laughs> nope. <And> that sucked. <laughs> I had Derek Kraus in the truck race. First.
3: And you had Gio too, right? So I, I did he- have
0: Gio. Gio did a good job. His first uh, asphalt foray. He over runs for New Jack. It's pretty cool. That's a busy two weeks for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean.
3: That's what working is like, guys, just so you know.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Have, ki- have
2: kids.
3: Anyways, uh, how was Daytona? Dare I ask.
0: Uh, Sounds like Freddie was there for a month. <laughs> I feel like I was there for a month. I did about, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 races in 10 days or something like that. Cool. So, uh, it's
1: a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. The weather was good right up until we needed it to be good for the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. We had our man, President Donald Trump, in the yeah. house. My that was man, really cool. My man flew in right behind the back stretch. We're all watching him come, and uh, he blows through the, the racetrack. He doesn't land first time by. He does like a little buzz, the tower thing. He uh, makes a loop, hits the ground, and then here come 197 cars to bring him <laughs>
0: to the <Yeah>. racetrack. <laughs> I was thinking, I seen that, that motorcade go by, and... You know, like, it was just cars upon cars, police cars. And then at the end, I seen two ambulances. And I'm like, man, you got to be a bad son of a bitch to have two ambulances following you around. And then I really thought about it. And I thought maybe that would probably be a good idea for me and you. Like, we probably <laughs> could use, like, at just least one case. ambulance to yeah. follow us around. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I have to say, we had a ton of meetings and emails and all that about security and how bad it was going to be. I mean, people got there at, like, five thirty, six in the morning. And... I was pretty impressed by how organized it was and how nice the Secret Service were.
1: I was impressed at how long Donald Trump was outside because I've been at events where presidents kind of come and go and, you know, blow through there. And and I'm telling you, he was outside in front of everybody for probably 25 minutes, I would guess. Um, which I thought was impressive. I mean, the guy rolls up, he gives a speech. And when they said, we're going into an eight minute hold after his speech, we usually go into a five minute hold. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, what's he going to do for eight minutes? Like that's a long time for, to leave the president of the United States standing in front of 150,000 people. Because I can't imagine as a, as a, you know, security guy, I don't mean a security guard. I mean like an actual secret Secret, service guy, um, Like, where in the world would you possibly take Donald Trump in the United States of America that would be harder to secure than Daytona International Speedway? And, and I mean that in a very positive way. I mean, it's, it's just so many people. It's such a big piece of property. And I think it speaks to, you know, how trustworthy Americans are and how trustworthy NASCAR fans are. No problems, no hiccups. Um, fans seem to love it, right? I mean, yeah. the president's there. So, I, I, man, I was blown away by it. it. It takes a lot to get me excited these days. And I got pretty damn excited.
3: I honestly have to give props to NASCAR on the track because I I was worried. Like we got there early, we had a lot of responsibilities, appearances, things like that, and it went very smooth for the situation that we were dealt with.
1: Yeah, we were. We go under the grandstands to get to where we're at. They did, you know, get us out of our cars yeah. and search our cars and searched us. But outside of that, man, I mean, it was a 15 minute process and well worth it to have that guy on 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 our property.
2: There's a little bit of a line, I think, for the infield, but that's to be expected, I guess. I didn't I didn't hear anybody. There was a line, but it seemed to move fairly quickly. I mean, to get everybody in, I didn't see anybody too crazy about it. Um, but and they the were whole,
3: appreciative. They were thanking us for being patient. The
2: they whole vibe through. of the track from him being there was just um, uh, just different than normal. I mean, you know, the 500 always has its own kind of feel to it, but um, it was like double that this time kind of. I don't know. There was just uh, with the flyby going on. um I mean, seeing Air Force One land right behind the racetrack, the last time we saw that was in that pit in the picture. I mean, that's you see that, and you, I mean, you kind of had that kind of opportunity um, right in front of us there. So, no matter who the president is, it's still cool to see, you know, the president of the United States show up at our race um, and, and to give the command like he did. So,
1: he's
3: I, I there. Was, our
1: ratings are up, they were up 32%.
3: For rain race. and
1: the freaking rain started. That, yeah. Man, I was like, what a great opportunity for us to really get back to, you know, high ratings like we deserve. And look, our worst ratings are higher than any 500. I saw that our Monday afternoon race beat their best race like in the last 10 years. So and I'm an Indy 500 fan, but it just shows how big and how much many people love our sport. But I was like, man, we got a great opportunity right here. Roll this thing out, new eyeballs or bring some old eyeballs back. And damn it, it started raining. Yeah,
4: Do you
3: think uh, there are was a a lot of comments around wishing the start time was earlier do you think that could be a solution maybe they'll implement next year like
1: i mean it's florida right i've seen it rain at 10 in the morning and stop at 12 you just never know it don't matter when
2: you start the race if it's you can't you have a schedule you got it if it rains it rains you can always say oh well you should have moved it up if it would have rained earlier they're going to be like well you should have moved this time back you can't yeah. I mean, if it
1: rains, it rains. You,
2: you got can't to forecast
3: it a year out. I, I mean, mean,
1: overall, Casey, do I wish our races started earlier? Yes. Absolutely. But this one is special. You know, yep. it's a Daytona 500. It gives you a little more time when they do, but yeah. I get this. I
2: mean, this is the 500. Like you said, the president's there. Let's yep. make it
1: special. Yeah. So. Yeah. the coolest thing, you know, after he did all he was going to do, he actually went into the building right behind Victory Lane, and I could see him standing. He and the First Lady were standing right at the front of the glass, watching us go around. And then, of course, it freaking started raining. But he stuck around right until the about halfway through the rain delay, and then he had to get out of there. I can't. I, I will say this about the President of the United States. I couldn't be president. There's way too much waiting around. Like, he literally, they'd pull his car up, and he'd just sit there, and he'd have to wait for them to say, you can get it took out.
0: forever to get off Air Force One. Like. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of waiting that goes on. And, I, there's, and, and Plus, his drivers, when they left the, the airport to drive to the racetrack, they were driving so slow, I'd have been like, dude, get out. Let me drive. We
2: got places to go. I was disappointed on the parade laps. That they didn't
1: take him up on the bank. Well, they lunch. tried the night before <laughs> and they the said the heavy? beast was too heavy. Yeah. It's just they were worried about it mechanically.
2: Pick up some speed. Oh, I know. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, they should have gave him a real feel. I mean, 100 mile an hour and that thing right there isn't really that fast, a wide racetrack. But I mean, that gave them <laughs> – Walking across that front stretch, You us looking down at, it, the, even the triable doesn't look that steep. When Just you walk across it, yeah. it, when is. you walk across it, I mean, if you trip, you're going to roll to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> especially especially, like especially ready. I,
0: yeah. I got chills. <laughs> like, I didn't know who the hell was talking on the radio. I don't know. I'm sure you guys heard oh, yeah? it. Like, yeah. when well, you're coming to green, all of a sudden, you know, you got this voice on there, you know, yeah. good luck, you know, yeah. whatever. And that I'm was like, really I'm cool. like, who the hell?
1: Oh, I bet that was true. Donald Trump's on
2: my <laughs> NASCAR radio right now talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, no. it was a cool experience the whole way around.
1: We all got, I'm sure we all got videos and pictures and stuff and. I actually ran into a person in the Oyster Pub. I tried this new place down there called the Oyster Pub, and they told me I don't know if you right guys now. have heard about it. Where's at? But ran into some fans, and they were like, "Man, check out this video we got!" And they literally were standing in my pit box in the 14 pit box, which was right at start finish line, and Donald Trump was eight feet from them. Like, how awesome is that? What yeah. other sport can you do that in? I mean, like, I we we offer. More backstage access than any other sport, hands down, not even close to what you can get by being a NASCAR fan.
0: Has the president ever gone to the Indy five hundred? Like I don't I don't remember.
4: know that I don't I don't remember I don't recall that happening. Vice President Pence went a couple of years ago, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pence
3: came to our race too, right? Once I feel like there's been a few.
4: Maybe. I remember
1: Bush walking down Pitt Road. It's the only other time in my twenty years I I remember a president being here. Did you see um when they did the flyby from did you see the pictures from inside the plane? No.
2: They were all up ag- up against the windows. I guess uh, his son was there, and his grandkids were in there with him too. And they were all looking at, out the window at the track on the flyby. Awesome. So yeah, That's I mean, cool. no matter who the president is, it's still cool. We had the president. Of the at our race, states of America, yep. at our
1: race for yeah. the Daytona Five Hundred. I, I mean, I hate to be selfish, but I wish we did it every year. That's how excited I got. I guess you would lose yeah. this, this thing, but yeah. or every four years, like come do it, man. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was cool, crazy, crazy races. Uh, obviously, a lot of thoughts and prayers been going out to our our buddy Ryan Newman. Um, I can say this with with all candidates that I have. When I saw that wreck, I got nauseated. I couldn't watch it again. I didn't think anybody could survive. An impact like that, and we spent several hours waiting for news. We flew home as we were landing. We got enough cell phone service just as Steve O'Donnell came out and said that he was alive, and there were no life-threatening injuries. And literally, everybody on our plane started clapping and cheering. And and obviously, man, Ryan just seems to be based on the updates we're getting a lot of progress. And I'm blown away at, at how. How that happens, and I'm blown away that, that our cars are as safe as they are. It speaks a lot to how the cars are built. It speaks a lot to NASCAR intervening after the Dale Earnhardt incident and, and really mandating a lot of safety rules. And overall, his seat and helmet. I mean, how they withstood that and kept him alive, thank God it's a miracle, man. That is the worst. Um, that's about the worst things that you could have
2: happen in our, in our sport. Getting get in the air and flipping's not not really that bad. Um, but hitting driver's side square against the wall with a lot of force and then getting hit where he did, uh, you can't – I mean, you could, You can't time this stuff out to – I mean, it's just – it's a freak accident. But I think um, to hit like he did, um, to get hit twice like that in the worst spots, how you can hit and to and to come through like this is, like you said, I don't – man, I – It's a miracle. It is, man. I mean, I we watched Austin Dillon pop out seconds after he got after, I wasn't sure what was going to happen there. Um we won that race and across the line, I was there is Dell Jr. going, "Oh my god." Cuz he was watching his mirror and I mean, we all we were we were right there and uh I will say that, you know, our, it's unreal the safety. You know, I'm glad the people behind the scenes will probably never know about that put the time and effort into making these cars is safe and the guys that put these cars together at the shop um phenomenal job man these accidents don't happen often but when they do no these people you know that that put these cars together and that innovate new safety things the safer barrier like you said helmets everything in that car to protect our drivers all
1: did its job somehow yeah and i'll say this freddie like I don't usually see a lot of wrecks in our sport that reminds me of IndyCar wrecks because those IndyCar guys, their head is always in jeopardy. When you look back at some of the Fontana crashes where we've seen guys literally go head-on into the wall, we look at the Vegas crash where the guy goes head-on into the fence. For the most part, our guys' heads are safe, but the way that angle came in there with the car and the splitter and the front bumper – it's almost aimed right at his head.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the way the safety innovations have taken place, like we're almost desensitized to this, to where like you see a wreck and you're like, oh, he's fine. You know, what I mean, we've seen. I just watched Bubba drive through a damn wall down in Pocono a couple years ago. Yeah, and and he, you know, instantly Operate was out. okay. You know, like you yeah. talked about Austin. Like, so I see that wreck. I don't realize, I you know, in live speed, you know, you see he gets hit after he hits the wall. But you don't realize exactly where you know you think he maybe got hit in the nose or something. So you just take it for granted, oh, he's gonna be okay. You know what I mean? So then we start heading down and I, and we get on the elevator and people are like, you know, he's he's still not out of the car yet. And I'm like, that's weird. But you know, I'm like, in my mind, I'm still in at this. In today's point, world it is weird. It's still at yeah. this point, and I'm like, Well, you know what? It's just Ryan, he's a big guy, they're having a hard time getting him out. He's I'm sure he's fine, but that's you know I thought and then, you know, you get down, we get to the bottom of the elevator, we start hauling ass to the airport, and I get to the airport and I start watching replays, and I'm like Oh cool. my God! Insane. And 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 we had I had a situation where I'm I'm actually wearing his T-shirt today. John Blewett got hit in the head with a you know the way the uh, modified wreck bumpers lined up, car went through the side window, hit him in the head, killed him instantly. So I see that and I'm like, his brother starts texting me right away, like, Oh my God, is tell me he's okay? And I'm like, Man, I wish I could, but you know, and it, stuff we were hearing just it just wasn't sounding very good. And, uh. And we heard that press conference as soon as I landed. I, uh, John Levesque was with me from uh, Racing Electronics. He's like, "Man, NASCAR just called a press conference," and I'm like, "Here we go. it's it. This is Dale Earnhardt all over again, man." Yeah. And when they came, well, I was driving home, and they they said, "You know, he's alive," and I was like, "Yeah." You know, just want like all the air like left my body. I was like, "Oh just my think, god." Just
1: think about how generational this is, though. Like this is a death-defying wreck. Ryan Newman just defied death. William Byron, Eric Jones, all these young guys—they don't remember what it's like to be in a death-defying era in NASCAR. We used to live, I mean, we lost Kenny Irwin, Adam Petty, Dale Earnhardt, almost what felt like back-to-back-to-back, you know? So it's been obviously 19 years, and here we are with a death-defying wreck again. And look, when Kyle Busch broke his legs, when Kozlowski wrecked in the test, there certainly were times when guys were having death-defying accidents, but that's the first one we've really seen, I think, where our whole industry went, oh, this is going to be bad.
0: I literally, sitting, believe it or not, at the Oyster Pub, you know, talking to fans, you know, we we, we were pretty... Conversational people, um, and they were talking to me, you know, asking a hundred questions, and we, we love it, whatever. And I just, I probably told three people this through the course of the week that, like, they're like, "Is it? You know, how, how do they not get hurt?" I'm like, "Man, they've they've got these cars so safe now that, you know, we haven't had a major injury in a long time." And, and like, that's all I'm thinking about all night Sunday night or Monday night. I was like, "Man, I just got done telling people how we haven't had a bad injury, and you know, this freak accident where the stars just align the wrong way one time, yeah. but thank God it didn't work out that way." Yeah, it was. There were some tense
2: moments there, man. Everything was lining up for – just had that bad feeling. Like, when I saw it, I mean, I I was like, oh, my gosh. His dad
1: was on the elevator with me going down, and, and man, like you literally don't know what to say. You know, his dad's looking around. only thing I asked him, I said, did did he answer the radio? Which, look, guys, when these kind of wrecks happen, the radios become unplugged a lot of times, so they don't always answer. This is really – that's really easy to happen. easy to happen. Um, But but the first thing the spotter does when the wreck is stopped – is we say, are you okay? And when they don't answer, man, it scares you. When Eric Amarola answers, my back, my back, you know he's hurt. There are times that things are said or not said on there that give you – but any, even when he comes on the radio and says, my back, remember they had to cut him out of the car. Um, like when, you, when yeah. you hear that, at least you hear something. When you don't hear anything, man, it takes your mind to the worst place possible. Yeah, that happened a few years ago with Allgaier at Daytona when he got turned,
2: kind of got turned head-on into the wall in three and four. And his radio came unhooked, and he, he couldn't answer. And, I mean, I he didn't answer me, and he just kind of sat there. And it's a bad feeling, man. But I was uh, for, I don't know, what was it? Maybe an hour after the hours, race? I mean, you're just hours. I was so scared to refresh my Twitter timeline. Every time I'd refresh it, I was scared to death I was going to read something I didn't want to see.
1: It was a couple hours, and it was, man. Miserable couple can't, hours, yeah. and, and it's you know whew, hard to watch. I, again, I only could watch replay once. I watched it, and I was like, I can't watch it again. Just, and then after it happened, though, I did go back. And after they said he was okay or not, or not okay, but going to yeah. be okay, not yeah. life threatening, I actually went back to to analyze the. Wreck. I still can't watch it. I, literally, the first thing that popped in my mind was, I don't want to do the show this week because I don't want to have to talk about what just happened. And then, thankfully, we all got good news. So, Ryan, we're still pulling for you, man, praying for you. And uh, the whole NASCAR community, all the fans, and me yesterday, I was scrolling through the channels. The the, president. President's pulling for him. Um, But every news channel yesterday, it was that wreck, you know.
0: Yeah. And quick shout-out to Jason, Jarrett, his spotter. You know, we kind of – We touch on spotters a lot here. You know, he's – one of the best guys probably the nicest guy on the roof i don't think i've ever seen him get mad at anybody uh i reached out to him a little bit yesterday haven't heard back i'm sure he's pretty I shook. heard back uh, either. yeah uh i know mike Kerman went back up there to spend some time with his teammate over there at roush so that was a big deal lambert who won the actually won the 500 spent some time with you know as much as he could before jason took off to, head to the hospital and, and so. let's talk about
1: that man like Denny he caught crap for for doing a burnout yeah, gonna bring um, that up. you know let me let me tell you guys something um, we don't always know everything that's going on. Um, the drivers don't know anything that we don't tell them a lot of times as to what's going on. I would like for NASCAR to take this incident and learn from it and help us. From a PR standpoint, you guys know that he's not out of the car. You guys know that we still have radios on. So in that incident, just make a call, make a thing and say, hey guys, everybody take your car, including the winner, immediately a pit road. Winner goes to victory lane. And if even if you want to say no interviews until this guy's out of the car, I'm fine with that. If TV goes off the air and doesn't give one single interview, I'm fine with that because there is a serious situation occurring that we don't know about. If if my – you know, Clint asked me, oh, man, is he okay? And honestly, from where I was at, with Freddie's assumption everybody's going to be okay, I was like, honestly, Clint, like from up here and I'm 20 stories up, I said, I think he's all right. You know, and, and obviously I leave, go get an elevator, I go to my car, go home. But if Clint gets out of his car and somebody sticks a mic in his in his face and asks him a question, he's going to answer it, assuming Ryan Newman's okay. They were interviewing Corey LaJoy, who was the driver that hit him. Yeah, no and idea. And in the middle of the interview is when they told him Ryan was being taken to the hospital. So... Like I think to some degree, if there's a way to just put everything on pause until we know the guy's okay or know the situation, it would help all of us not get mud on our face because yeah. it's not Denny's fault he's out there doing a you burnout. He just he won the look, Daytona 500. Yeah,
3: he was looking at the screen. You can tell once he realized what was going on, it was, it was completely different. People are
1: stupid if they think he was doing that, knowing that Ryan yeah. Newman was still in his car and having to be cut yeah. out. Yeah. So anything that can, can be learned from this, from all of us, let's learn it here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could see, and according to Lambert, you know, I, and just I watched it happen because I was still up there, but Danny got in the lug nut check line. So I think Lambert's saying, okay, he realizes this is kind of deal, you know, and as soon as he leaves the lug nut line is when he barrels off to the right. So I think it caught Lambert off guard to where, you know, he thinks, all right, we're not going to celebrate, you know, he's doing the right thing here. And then he starts doing the donuts, and I don't even know if he has his helmet on at that point anymore. You know what I mean? No, no. of course he doesn't have earplugs in.
2: He doesn't have anything
0: in. Would you? Uh,
2: Listen, at that point, racing, the checker flag flies, um, and we have a wreck. Everyone, you're not competitors anymore. It turns into a family, like, instantly. And no one's going to celebrate anything knowing that there's a serious accident. Nobody would do that. No, willing. No, no one would do that. Willing. We, nobody would. No, None, no. It doesn't matter if you like the driver or not like the driver. If there's a serious accident, nobody's celebrating that at all. that's so. an that's
1: insignificant checkered flag, just like that. Yeah, all you care about is that guy's safety.
2: Exactly, and it doesn't matter. Seriously, it don't matter if your enemy's on the racetrack. You're a fan
1: of that. You're you're that you're behind that guy 100. percent No matter who it is, and we were we were ahead of Newman, TJ. We were fourth going through the wreck in, in Turn One, and NASCAR reviewed it. And I don't know how in the hell we ended up behind him. I got a picture on my phone. I can show you where we were literally ahead of him. They put him fourth and us fifth, and I was like, "Well, there goes our chance to really have an easy chance to win the Daytona 500 because starting fourth is actually where I would have wanted to be to have a chance to win it or leading it, obviously, right? So that next restart, Clint ended up getting wrecked. The next restart is when Newman got hurt. It didn't really hit me though till we got to the plane. I was like, "Man, that could have been Clint had they left the lineup yeah. the way it was." Well, I mean, you know, you just you yeah, never know. But again, know. You're, you're you're wanting to win the Daytona 500 so bad, we come across the line sixth. And you're so frustrated. It's like, damn it, I didn't win this thing again after being up here in contention. <laughs> and then you, you look at that car sitting there, and you're like, you know what, man? It doesn't matter. It's insignificant. Yeah. I, hope, I hope that guy's okay. So one thing that I learned a while ago is,
2: yeah, we're really competitive on the track, but uh, and it's a huge race, but there's, there's a bigger picture at the end of the day. We're going to have another Daytona 500 next year, and we're going to have another one after that, and we're going to have another one after that. Whatever... Nothing's more important than that, than everyone's you that day. Like, that's the, that's the biggest thing. We're going to have more races. Nothing can happen that day that's going to be more important than everybody's you that day.
1: Yeah, agreed.
3: Uh, yep. be- before we get going, we have some pretty great news. Offer Pad is back for the 2020 season. Let's hear some more about them
1: we got great news for DBC fans. OfferPad is back. It's the presenting sponsor of Upper Clear again for this 2020 season. Yeah, I really enjoyed, um,
2: I'll be honest, I didn't know what OfferPad was last year, but it's been great um, learning about them, and uh, I'm excited to get get to know them even better this year and see what kind of great things they
1: can come up with. Yeah, what we did learn is it's the easiest way to buy or sell your home. Only takes five minutes to complete the form about your house. And then you'll receive an offer within 24 hours. Talk about easy. I know. It doesn't get much easier. All you got to do is uh, go online,
2: offerpad.com, fill out the form, and be sure to select the podcast option. Uh, and the how did you
1: hear about us question help us out that's a new thing man they didn't have that option last year so be sure and say you heard about it via podcast because guess what we're the only podcast they sponsor because we're the best podcast out there you guys submit your home to OfferPad. be sure to tweet us a screenshot and we'll send you an OfferPad dbc t-shirt
2: stay tuned later in the show for the first installment of the OfferPad rapid fire with today's guest uh nobody really knows him but it's freddie craft <laughs> that should be fun
5: What is OfferPad? Well, put simply, we're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern home selling solution with a personalized human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. We buy your home from you so you can move forward the moment you're ready. We've had the pleasure of helping thousands of happy home sellers, and we'd love to help you. Getting started is easy. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. Why is OfferPad? OfferPad the better way, because we give you what traditional selling can't, certainty and control. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. We have a 94% satisfaction score and an A-plus BBB rating for a reason. It truly is a better way. So, start thinking about where you want to live next. Get excited about making that move. With OfferPad, you're sold. Go to OfferPad.com and request your free purchase offer today. OfferPad, move freely. Spot on spot off.
1: Spot on. Spot on spot off. I'm going spot off. Spot on you like it. Spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either
3: way. First topic. Keslowski's comments after the clash, and you guys wore me out talking about blocking last night. I had to mute my phone. So I really hope you guys can did talk you, forever. Did you block us? For, <laughs> for a while I did.
0: What were you doing? <laughs>
3: Uh, I'll note his comment. Uh, same thing over and over. Somebody throws a stupid block that ne- that's never going to work and wrecks half the field. Brett, since you would not shut up last night, feel free to start. Spot on, spot off.
1: What changed is over the winter, this package created hella big runs. And the old style of blocking that used to work a lot of times didn't work anymore. And we saw the 22 throw a lot of stupid blocks <clears throat> And in this particular wreck, this he threw great. a stupid block <clears throat> and the 18 went under him and he kept running him down and down and down. They touched, they wreck. And his own teammate, Brad Keselowski, got out of the car upset at Joy Logano. Joy's, Joy's one of those guys that honestly drives like a young guy, drives very aggressive, drives like he's not afraid to wreck, drives like he's not concerned about getting hurt, to be honest with you, some of the blocks that he throws. So And look, as spotters – we put those guys in positions to help them throw some of those blocks, and obviously Kieslowski was tired of the way logano has been racing. I disagree. <laughs> uh, we, you,
2: can know, you know blocks that you shouldn't throw, and this package is – we've been doing this package. We got four or five races with it now last year, and you know when two cars get linked together and they're clear behind you, you, you can't block them. And we had an instance with that. Uh, Brad had an instance with that um, a couple times brad got spun out one time being the second car in line and the guy blocked him so the next time brad he's not lifting and i get it you some of these runs you you just can't block and end of the back stretches three quarters way down that straightaway is a really bad spot to block if you got two you know two cars lined up um but you know looking at it they're running eight nine ten mile an hour faster sometimes when i go back and look at I would do. I would. I would. There's. I didn't see a problem with Joey's block. Kyle. I running, thought
1: Ricky Stenhouse was driving that car a few times this weekend.
2: Four mile an hour is not. You, you drive into the corner. It, Kyle, Kyle caught us at a bad time to try to pass us. You go to the bottom of the corner. at short race, and it's so you easy. want him to
1: just wait and not try to pass you. He can try to pass. I would expect him to try to pass us. He did. Y'all wrecked him. We did not. How do we wreck him again? You blocked him. You run him all the way down the track.
3: Oh. Jason, we should have made this a fast lane question because they could literally <laughs> yeah. talk about this all day.
1: There is no picture. Then you wrecked Amarola, and you wrecked two again yeah. in the 500. Wow. Well, so. You're the two car, man. I, y'all better go to Disney World again. Work it out. Have
0: you, have you had the comp meeting yet this week? I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you can't talk about that. Freddie, <laughs> what do you think? There's no issues with I that. Mean, I mean, the, the, the clash block I did not think was as egregious as maybe the they're running the 10 through the back of the two in the Daytona 500. But, I mean, we saw it all day. It's not just Joey. There's a bunch of guys that, especially guys with inexperience, that are – we watched it first clash practice of the weekend. We were watching it. And when I looked at Brett. I'm like, man, these guys in third and fourth place are getting massive runs at the end of the back straightaway. Like, and we watched the end of the clash where the two, uh, 20 and the 11 got hooked up and I forget somebody, I forget who it was at this point, but the three was leading, I think, and the two and the twenty and the 10, eleven are hauling oh, ass. Blow his doors off. The top. Same and they're like, Why, th- why yeah. didn't he block him? I'm like, because he can. didn't want them in their fuel cell. Yeah. That's it's the I same <laughs> reason
1: Denny didn't throw a block down the back stretch when Blaney it. and Newman yeah. were coming by. You him.
2: can't block two cars that are lined up with no. each other like that. No. You can't do it now. And like when they hook together off a of two and they get a draft down the back stretch, oh my gosh, yeah, it's huge. It's man. It's ridiculous. You Especially if you get
0: it. tandem, it's it's ridiculous. those are the runs you
1: just can't you can't. When you hear us talk about a spotters, we now spot out the front of the car and the back. More like, than more, that than, out the, front like, than like the back. <laughs> we're we're telling them what the gap looks like. So when the ten was catching the two, you know, you're saying two car links, one car link, half, quarter, so that everybody knows we're getting ready to slow that line down because you can't. The runs are so big. If you don't tell them where the gaps are, they can't see. When Logano's sitting in his car, he can't see in front of the ten. There's too many. The spoilers high, even though it's half way clear it's still high there's seats there's there's bars there's crap everywhere so it uh it's a challenge it's hard but it's what makes winning those races so special
2: you don't see this in the beginning of the race as much we're all helping each other yeah we're trying to work with each other a little bit but there's an extra little i mean you're just a little safer with it but when you when you get and i promise you your guy whoever if you're running like we were then you're 20 laps to go in the Daytona 500, and you're trying to make your lane. You're trying to do everything you can to get your lane to the front so you can better your position have a shot of winning. You can't, and as the race goes on, you know how it goes. The last run of the race, after that last pit stop, the intensity picks up, and that's everyone starts going a little more aggressive, a little more aggressive, a little more aggressive, and you're, um, like you said, we're spotting out the front the entire time. We're all counting down car lengths, one, half, he's there, tight, 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 and you're always a split second before it happens you You have have to be be. you can't do it you're late if you're
1: you're saying it when you see it
2: you know and i think um you know if you don't and i also know that if you're not lined up perfect with these bumpers when you get there and you move move to try to get to the perfect spot once you're about there you're gonna hook the guy and it don't take if you look at these cars in the back and the front we put stuff on these cars to try to make them so they don't hook as much but um, you had to be lined up perfect, but it's the Daytona 500. It's the end of the race. You're going to do everything you can do. Um, you know, Joey didn't come off turn two and say, "Oh, I can't wait to drive this guy into the two and wreck him." You know, you should because that's what he did. You're trying <laughs> to get there to help him to push that two to the lead. So and I mean, you're just doing everything you can do to try to, to get to, to your the your point.
0: It looked like right as the ten got to the two, he did have like a. I don't know if he pan, like He panicked. He panicked. Like I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to run through this guy's fuel cell, he, and he has this little wiggle. He turned right, and, and that's what kind of when he as soon as he hits Brad at that wrong angle, it just him. hooks Brad think, one way. I don't more. think we're on him right when he. I think we're close. Right but, as you get there, you get like right at moment of impact. He, yeah, Joey gets I mean, off, was, and the ten wiggles a little bit.
2: And that wiggle, you know, he. I
1: don't know, man. There's. Oh, I mean, that, that didn't cause a wreck at all. It wasn't your fault.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right next one Denny Hamlin has only finished worse than fourth in one of the last seven five hundred. spot on spot off Freddie
0: uh well spot on for him I mean um I'd say between him and Joey are probably the two most aggressive plate racers we have now obviously Brad's pretty good at it but like the 11 and the 12 uh 11 and the 22 I feel like make the most aggressive moves and I I feel like like what Brett touched on earlier, you could block that run on the bottom and get yourself wrecked if you really wanted to, and a lot of guys I feel like in his situation would do that. And I think his experience was okay. I I don't need the block right here because I still have this other. If they become detached for any reason, like he might have even thought ahead to know that the twelve needs to get off the six. Yeah. If the twelve wants to win the race, and he did, and he did, you know. So as soon as Danny gets cleared at the twelve, he gets down behind him. Ryan gets off of the six. They get tandem themselves and that was gonna, you know, that was gonna put both of them in their best position to win the race. So I just feel like his aggression level offensively is higher. He's smart. Yeah, he yeah, I mean he's got super good offense. He's not quite as aggressive defensively, and I think that keeps him out of a lot of trouble to where he puts himself in good position at the end of the races. You know, the Toyota strategy, the first stage, they didn't even touch the
1: pack. They rode around the very back. Yeah. Then their pit strategy inverted them and gave them the lead in the second stage to yeah. start the second stage. They basically gave up stage points. Th- that's in the when beginning. they went racing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm uh you know, spot on for Danny. I mean we all know he's one of the better plate racers. Like you said, he's aggressive, but uh Danny does it um I tell you what, man, I don't he does it almost by himself a lot. You don't see them guys Try to get with each other a lot. I see them race a lot at the end, and, and Denny, uh, you know, oh, he done. Remember, he juked us two years ago. Yeah, uh, on last lap. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. th- sometimes, you're, sometimes you sometimes you try to put yourself in position, like you said. Denny couldn't have blocked that run; you'd have got wrecked. No. We all know that. If you if you block them two cars, you just can't. Yeah. Um, but you know, he tried to quarter panel Blaney, but he just couldn't quite do it. Blaney cleared him, which. Actually worked out to be yeah, better, better for, for him because they were going to race side by side. Probably for second, Newman comes across line as the winner by himself because uh, you don't let somebody pass you at that point. Is you're the, as the leader of the race, the best thing in your mirror that you can have happen is two guys racing each other because they're not going to let each other go. If you're running second, you're not going to last lap of the Daytona 500. Hey, right, Brett, go ahead have a shot of winning. I'm That's racing you. We, we, yeah. I just did that two years ago with the three. Like yeah. we got side by side with Danny and let, let the three drive all the way. For yeah, days. and honestly. Uh, you know, things worked out for Danny how they did, but he's probably not going to win that race. I yeah. mean, I, he's probably not going to win that race. It's going to be between the, the 12 and the 6 across the line, but um,
1: you never know how that, things are going to work out. That's what makes that race so special, though. Yeah. You just never know until the, the three, last three, the second. 10, a couple Typically, years ago. Who's going to win it? It's an exciting thing. Everybody's giving it their all. They're trying as hard as they can. And yeah. he just put himself in some pretty damn big company. I mean, that guy's won three Daytona 500s. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's. Uh, Doesn't matter how you win it. I mean, he's yeah. still in. He's still on that trophy. Can can, can you go <laughs> in the Hall of Fame with three
2: Daytona 500s and no championship? Yeah, big deal. It is a big deal. You know, Denny's got he's got good stats. I mean, there's no no doubt about it. I don't um I don't think Denny has he won a championship in anything.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a Daytona 500 champion three times.
2: Yeah, big that's deal. pretty uh pretty big three deal. Last five. Yeah.
0: And uh, touch on spotters again. Obviously, obviously, he's got the same spotter, Chris Lambert, who also uh, won the truck race on Friday night. Oh, so I Lambeau. mean, I, I mean that you know obviously plays a pretty big part. And I think coming from our world, who yeah. won the truck race? Grant and Finger.
1: Oh, good for him, Alabama boy. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't paying much attention. Clearly, <laughs> I actually forgot. I was paying attention. I was stuffing goodie bags for hospitality. Go ahead, next question.
3: Okay uh (laughs) spot on spot off daniel suarez wrecks in his duel and blames his spotter
1: we got we got audio yeah
3: i would love to know that
1: first of all daniel suarez stuck himself he had to make the daytona 500 okay so here's your sign don't do nothing stupid so here comes the ford pack and he stuck himself right in the middle of it well guess what they're gonna do They're going to shuffle, and they're going to go around him. We got really late notice that we were going to pit that lap. So off of two, we all decide to pit. Here we come trying to get to pit lane. If anybody's at fault in this situation, it's Blaney. Blaney's on his outside. Blaney's trying to get down. Blaney and Suarez wreck each other. Suarez blames blames his spotter for saying he didn't know they were pitting. Well, guess what? Neither did any of us know we were pitting until about 25 seconds earlier. So, Suarez, you got to take ownership in these situations. Stop playing the blame game. You know, you've gone from an elite team to another elite team to a team that's going to have a lot of struggles. And if you're going to have struggles, you got to race really smart. And when I look at these small teams, I don't want to change the subject, I look at these small teams, we know a whole new car is coming next year in 2021. Do you think these small teams are going to spend a lot of money on this year's cars? No. Their only opportunity to be successful are at plate tracks. And we're going to run four races where they have an opportunity to be relevant. You can't tear up race cars at those tracks where it's your only opportunity to do good. There's no way these owners are going to spend money on this year's car knowing that it's going away.
0: Yeah, I mean, spot off. I kind of, of course, got into it with him a little bit just because – uh, Steve you did you yell at somebody? No, I didn't yell at anybody. It was, it was you on, yelled at Barkdahl? No, no, I love Barkdahl. I <laughs> nicest guy, nicest the guy on the roof. No, I didn't yell at him. I, I I made a comment to Daniel because I just retweeted something that Blaney, Blaney. got out of the car, took all the blame. Said he wasn't sure they were pitting. Didn't know the ninety six yeah. was there, which is the truth. It's the truth. And and Brett had told me that earlier that night that you know that you guys did not know until late in the run. I can run. tell you this:
2: we were in that line, and I think. It's hard to place blame for me on one person there because we're all trying to. work. We actually had a. We were we were kicking. Their we ass. were nailed a man, <laughs> and you know you're leading Woo. that lane. Um, we to me we were getting ready to catch the Chevy pack, which they're already disadvantaged. We made up a lot of ground on ton, them. A ton and we, we were gonna we were gonna we already made up everything we needed to make up. We did not need to race them. Um, so when we got there. I feel like we had about. I feel like we should have ran one more lap as a as a group together. To me, I didn't know we were even pitting. Joey was pitting with you guys because he saw you guys waving three and four, and then he was like, "I'm we didn't we didn't know." Right. I didn't even know when I saw him coming. I'm like, okay, here we come. Yeah, and I like I feel like it's hard to blame one person because maybe we thought we were all going to clear
1: that guy, you know, Suarez and. And I, you know, Daniel's just trying to do but again, everything he Sorius can do. put himself in the middle of that pack when he did that. You make your own. Luck. That was not a. That was not a smart move. He should have waited and got at the end of the pack. You need to have yeah.
0: situational
1: awareness to know. But
2: you this know, whole
0: pack hasn't pit yet, right? You know, yeah. But I mean, I, But like I said, I didn't even know we were pitting that lap. Joey was coming by Okay, himself. but Joey seen him waving. He said he saw the two waving. So, you know what I mean? Like, That's so, funny. if you yeah. saw the two waving, and then you just it's drove
1: just, into the side of the 12. Suarez put himself in the middle of the pack. That was a dumb move.
2: But the, I'm just saying. When like, they hadn't pitted yet. We could, we could probably have all done something a little bit better there. Maybe, hey, you know, we, we, let's run one more. We'll get to the Chevy group. Follow him for one more lap. Get everybody with us. Make sure we're all good. Come off together, and we'll go race for the win of that race. Yeah. But it's just. This is how regardless, things happen.
1: Regardless, the question is, do you think this was Steve Markdahl's fault?
2: I mean, I think it's a bunch – it's hard for me to blame one guy. I think the driver – How is Steve how, Barthol could The driver bossful. could have lifted, first of all, when he saw him waving. The driver could have lifted. Uh, we all could have worked together a little bit more, ran another lap. Or, you know, Suarez doesn't Steve, make a mistake earlier. Suarez, Suarez blamed
1: his spotter. Was his spotter at fault for any of this? If so, what percentage? I don't know what the percentage would be, but I think there's three or four Percent? at faults here. Uh,
2: 25, hit 33. <laughs> Steve Barthol's? I don't know. I I would say –
0: I think we all could have done a better job. Barkdahl could have – which I love Barkdahl today, and I stood up for him on Twitter for this. He may have been able to chime in and tell him, you know, if – Daniel should know this, but Barkdahl could have reiterated – They haven't pitted yet. They haven't pitted yet. Yeah. That's the only thing he could have done in this entire situation because – if you guys don't know you're pitting, there's no way for Barkedal to know you're pitting. So the only one that's going to know he's pitting is Suarez by seeing everybody waving. Yeah. So I mean, if anything, he could have mentioned one time. I mean, I didn't wave. I yeah. didn't even know. Yeah, so I'm, I I'm talking wave. about the drivers. I took but, off
1: hauling ass to Joel, and I was like, I'm pitting. And I took off hauling ass to Herm. I'm pitting. And then obviously you're telling the drivers so they can wave and tell each other, which
0: is what happened. And the other thing is he's not racing anybody. He was racing the 27 car who was lost the draft. Yeah. gone. Like you could have been that's way what more I'm saying. conservative
2: he, he, if he when he saw Brad and Pitt, you know, back out for a second, you know what do you you're all your drafting helps leaving you
0: yeah like yeah, you should be by
2: yourself anyway yeah but also that you gotta remember it's the daytona 500 so it's hard to say a guy hey man lift here for a second i mean he's trying to race his way and he's trying sometimes situational and now yeah, uh, just awareness is important yeah i so, think there's i mean i don't steve's not really probably had too much
1: fault but you just said 25 <laughs> percent. a lot. Laid 20
0: late a quarter on the guy yeah kick it casey
3: All right, last one, and we'll group these together since you guys will not shut up today. Speed Speed Week's news. First one, Kevin Harvick signed an extension through 2023. Charter Mm. system renewed through 2024, and the Cup Series trophy named Bill France Cup. How about you? We'll start with TJ. We got to be quick? uh, Yes. Rapid fire.
2: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, great for Harvick. I didn't – that's probably surprising a little bit to me, but – you know, great for him. Charter system renewed. Uh, I don't really know, have a say in that or anything to do with it. So um, I think that's awesome. We name
0: it the Bill France
2: Cup. I think that's an awesome move.
0: On, off, on. i <laughs> 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 oh, spot on to everything, really. Uh, I know some d- said something about the Bill France Cup a couple of years ago, yeah, so you know, now he's idea. gonna he's gonna really tell everybody how great he is. Nope, but you just, uh, just told him. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, good for Harvick. I was expecting him to go to the TV booth pretty soon, but for a couple, uh, what three more years now? So it's good for him. Good for FIDWA, and Man, then, uh, my, my sources Charters
1: tell me the Harvick thing kind of stemmed from a conversation he had with Mark Martin last year. That Mark Martin went in the Harvick's bus, and they talked about his age, and they talked about how competitive he still is, and they talked about how long Mark decided to run and why he did it, and. I could be completely wrong, but I was told that's when he kind of shifted gears from going into TV mode, Kevin versus staying race car driver, Kevin. Driver, Kevin. And look, he's still super competitive. Shoot, he contends yeah. for championships. He's going to win races. Like, wh- why would you leave right now? Like, yeah. he's making a ton of money. Like, man, yeah. good for him. Uh, glad glad to see Kevin stick around. And look, listen to me, guys. The sport needs Kevin Harvick to stick around. We don't need everybody yeah, leaving at the same damn time. I think this is good for us. It's good for us. Yeah, yeah. charter system renewed through twenty twenty four. Man, I don't, I don't know. You know, I thought the charter system, the RTA system, was going to do a lot of things to help us as race teams get more of the TV purse. I've yet to see that happen from a modeling standpoint. What we've really seen with the RTA is a hell of a lot of cost-cutting, a lot of jobs lost, a lot of things changing. I mean, we're here next year potential one lug nut tires, like – I mean, where this whole new car is going to cut out a lot of fabricator jobs, these engine things we're hearing could cut out a lot of engine jobs. So, RTA thing, I don't really have an opinion on it. I guess it's spot on for their checkbook and spot off for the employees that are out here, um, you know, trying to make a living. Bill France Cup, f-ing genius, should have done it from the jump. Once Sprint left, it should have became the Bill France Club- Cup. It is the Bill France Cup now, it'll never change its name. Good for them, brilliant move,
2: yeah. I love the new NASCAR logo, the Cup Series stuff, too. I think all all the branding you see with it. awesome. Yeah, it looks great.
3: Agreed. All right, let's hear about a returning sponsor, Filtertime.
2: Filtertime.com is an air filter subscription service co-owned by Dale Earnhardt Jr.
1: It is. He owns that, too. That guy owns everything. I know. FilterTime.com sends you the exact filters you need on the schedule you choose, so you never have to remember to buy air filters again. The box of new filters is literally at your door to remind you you need to change them. Shipping is always
2: free, and same price as the store. No contracts or fees, and you can pause or
1: cancel anytime you want. You go on there, you tell them how many filters you need, you tell them the filter sizes, and you tell them how often you want them shipped. And I'm going to tell you, you want them shipped often, because I've looked at my air filters after 30 days, and holy cow, are they dirty very true and if you don't need new filters
2: yet you can still sign up today and choose a later start date and you won't be uh, billed or shipped until a later date
1: make sure you choose door bumper clear after checkout so they know we sent you our sponsors are important to this show yeah brett did you know these filters are made in north carolina as well i did not know that man that's great Uh, did you know that a dirty air filter is the number one reason for hvac service calls and failures and i'm gonna tell you something those service calls they're not cheap no, I do have some friends in that industry, and they say that, that is, this
2: is very true. It makes your AC, and uh, it makes everything work super hard. Um, that's why it's so important to check them, and uh, FilterTime makes it easy. Changing your filters on time can
1: save you up to 15% on your monthly heating and cooling costs. Do you see that they're the best customer service out there with a five-star review on Google and Facebook? That's awesome. Yeah, Blake does a really good
2: job. Check air filters off your to-do list for good at FilterTime.com let's go into fast lane
3: three racing questions one off the wall question 30, 30 seconds, seconds to respond to each
2: only 30 seconds how are you gonna stop some talking okay. good luck fast lane
3: question number one eric jones ran into ricky stenhouse jr as the 47 tried to pit on monday after stenhouse's spotter told the 11 he was pitting but not the 20 how do you communicate with the spotters around you when you are pitting Brett?
1: Man, it's hard. It used to be easy um, because we all used to try to work together, and and now we're trying to work together as manufacturers and as teammates and not so much tell everybody else. We always see wrecks around green flag pit stops. It doesn't matter if it's a small pack like we saw in the Suarez situation or when it's a big pack, man. These guys are running 200 miles an hour. They're trying to stop. They're trying to pit from lanes that are not the bottom lane from the middle, from the top. It's not going to happen. It's always going to create a wreck. We wave though. We wave our hands, but we're standing on a platform that's 100 yards 300 foot long if tj's on the far end which he is from where i stand and i start waving he's never going to see it yeah it's uh
2: you try to you try to form this plan before this goes back to the to the other deal a little bit too you try to form a a lap where you kind of can tell each other where you know um but sometimes there's audibles called and and you try to get to as many and you don't know who's in your line you you try to line up with your teammates stuff you don't know who's actually going to be lined up with you, and you try to let everybody know as you can. Uh, definitely an iffy situation almost every time we all pit. When you're in a big group and you know some are coming and some
0: aren't, it's sketchy. I don't know if you saw this, wreck, but um... – the 20 had a ma- The 20 wasn't anywhere near the 47. He was probably 10 car well, lengths back. He was eventually. I mean, eventually. But the, for the 47's pit and the 11's the only one that's real close to him, 20's got a massive run off a of four and dives to the bottom of the 11 right as the 47 checks up the pit. So, I mean, I can understand why you would tell one, not the other, because they weren't so close. But it's kind of like we talk about, situational awareness, waving. Mm. If you know guys, like maybe if you're in the 96 positions as a spotter, you kind of position yourself around them Ford guys just in case – you can, you know, so you can have first yeah, knowledge sure. of it.
2: You know what I mean? The 11 and the 20 are right next to each other almost.
0: Uh, yeah, but the 11, I mean, the 20 came from uh, quite a ways back. He had a huge run. Like, like Chastain back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he had, a, he just had a huge run, and you're yeah. probably expecting him to stay behind the 11 at that point, and he just pulls at the bottom and, and, yeah. and makes the run. Oh, the there he is. Oh, Speaking shit. of
1: Chastain, guess what he's about to be announced to do today. Uh-huh.
3: Next one. Kurt Busch, this guy. <laughs> sorry you looked all excited and i just had to kill it are you ready
1: i'm ready what am i ready for
3: i'm looking to see
1: if it had been announced yet on twitter
3: oh you were gonna say something that's why i was asking
1: i was gonna say he's gonna break some news i know that's why i was hoping no we can't break the news oh i mean we can we can talk about it assuming it's gonna be out by time what's the show coming out jason probably like five or six tonight oh ross chastain driving the six will definitely be out by then yeah yeah I hate, uh, hate to see a guy have to have a substitute driver, especially in this situation, uh, but Ross is going to be tab the guy. And I think when they went through their list of people, um, he was actually on top based on the news I'm hearing. So um, good for Ross to get a good cup ride. And, and it actually, in my opinion, helps him a lot on the Xfinity side, getting that cup card and, and go fast, you know. So uh, we'll see. Go ahead, Casey. Sorry. All, right.
3: All right. Question number two. Kurt Busch described the current Super Speedway races as an analytics race with fuel mileage, teamwork, and manufacturers drafting together as what we are directed to do. Is analytics racing hurting or improving the product? Freddie.
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like this has happened in waves. Toyotas did it at Daytona 500 a couple years ago, caught everybody off guard. Next race, Stuart Haas did it caught everybody off guard. Next race, the Chevys did it, caught everybody off guard. Now everybody knows what the hell everybody else is doing. So I think it's going to be a little bit more of a free-for-all now, guys trying to break up the impacts and stuff like that. But, I mean, it, for a couple of races it has hurt it, but I think it'll be going back to pretty much normal now.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, quote, analytics racing, you're realistically saying that we have a data plan going into this. We're going to pit on lap 33. Chevrolet's going to pit on lap 25. They're going to get in the line and they're going to do this. And and so for the first stage almost, um, it works. After the first stage, though, a lot of things can change, man. A wreck, an engine trouble, there's all sorts of things. I think it does make the first stage of the race because we know where we're we're, we're shooting for. We're shooting for 60 laps. This is based on data how we're going to approach it as OEMs. It probably does make that stage pretty boring until you get a caution with two to go and then all hell breaks loose, right?
2: Yeah, Kurt is 100% right for the beginning of the race. Everybody has a plan. Most of it's pre-planned out you know who you're with you know who you're trying to get in line look at the toyota's went right to the back lined up that's their plan you're you're and also we have data okay there's historically a caution this time historic we we all play that into effect too um but like brett's point's right as well that after somebody blows a tire runs out of fuel has an issue and it kind of messes up the plan that's when things start restart you're not lined up right okay now Stenhouse is the middle of your group oh gosh what do we do now literally things change yeah, things change. So yeah. but he's right on the beginning. Everybody you're 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 taking data and you're taking numbers and everything like that and you're putting yourself in the best advantage you can.
0: I, I could tell you one thing. Kurt was very vocal in our Chevrolet meetings this week. Very vocal. Really? So I mean yeah. he, he had a lot to do with our plan and, and how they kinda executed things this week. Yeah.
3: Joe Gibbs Racing won five of the eleven one and a half mile races with the new aero package last season. Heading to the first mile and a half at Las Vegas, do you expect that dominance to continue, or will other teams catch up this season? TJ, uh,
2: I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some interesting stuff this weekend. There's some there's some cars with new noses and stuff. We're going to see how that plays out. Um, but it's been no secret they've been really strong a mile and a half. It's so not just, I mean, it's probably a higher number than that. Five of the last 11, if you add the last, you know, handful of years into that's definitely one of the, their strongest points and they have uh super fast cars there but
1: is this where you qualified so bad last year and drove straight to the front or is this not no it? this is the race the race that we pretty much led the whole thing oh yeah what race did you qualify by and drive Fall to the race front? same place yeah okay all right sorry go ahead yeah i mean I, i'm done so
0: <laughs> i mean i i think that we kind of touched on earlier about this being a lame duck season and i think you're going to see Joe Gibbs and Roger Penske, you know, they're, they're those two teams are going to dominate this year just for the fact that they have the best resources, the most funding, the most money to waste, for a better word, this season on R&D. I mean, I know somebody had told me that, you know, we have a 12-car allotment, and Joe Gibbs Racing has 12 brand-new cars for all their teams, you know what I mean, where a lot of teams are not going to be able to afford that or wouldn't want to do that so you know what i mean I, the cream always rises to the top and i think you'll, you'll see a race between joe gibbs and penske a lot of times this year yeah i think
1: they created this package for more parity and we're going to see the least amount of parity we've probably ever seen um in in recent years because of the budgeting and the things i've mentioned earlier on this show your super teams are gonna contend for these races and it's stewart haas it's penske it's, yeah it's, 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 it's hendrick i can't believe you left stewart haas out, yeah. i mean uh, even hendrick uh, Hendrick Hendrick's got a new nose again,
2: and uh, they were fast. They start They gaining, were pretty good were at mile gaining, and a half last yep. year.
1: They were gaining ground. They were gaining ground. Yeah. So, uh, man, I hope it's not a Toyota fest. I really do. I hope I'm. I'm I hope it's a Ford fest, and I'm part of it. To be honest <laughs> with you. I will. That's probably the only thing I ever agree with Brett
2: on, but I agree. <laughs>
3: <Fair>. <laughs> Off the wall topic. A graphic of the most swiped right jobs on Twitter on Tinder surfaced on Twitter this week.
2: What's Tinder? What?
3: I don't know. Do you know? I'm asking. Uh, what do you think is the most swiped right job on Tinder for men, and what is it for women?
2: I got a question for what? W- uh, what, it, I did, what are jobs? I really yeah, don't know. Yeah, I'm actually yeah.
3: confused. Do they have a Tinder for jobs now?
4: Yeah, White Claw no, boy. Uh, What's this <laughs> this is like the professions of the people who are oh, on Tinder. Oh, like, people actually put
3: their real professions. on
4: Apparently. Those? So go around and okay, guess so at, for men and women, then I'll then reveal the answers. Tell us the answers. Yep. The uh. most swipe right job
1: for men is a spotter cuz look at what physical specimens we are. Oh. And look at our big houses and yes. our Bentleys and Stop our private talking. jets, our helicopters. Polish. We just be making it rain Violin up in here. So, are there do you know of any Huge. spotters? We got these big couches and Do you know big of any spotters couches. on Tinder? Hey, they ain't a millionaire in America got a bigger damn couch than Freddie refrigerator. Are
3: there any spotters on Tinder that we should I'm wear? i sure. Of?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, who who are there any single spotters?
0: Doug, oh, is Doug single? We got nah, what time? Yeah, what he, time he, is, it? Is, is, is it? Doug is, is not single is. right now. Uh, uh, well, who's asking? Josh? Is Josh single? I like, Josh is probably is single. On, Josh is probably on I like Tinder. Doug's new girlfriend, so I'm gonna
1: say he's not single. Josh is single? I think Josh is single. Yeah, Josh is single. Is Josh on the Tinder, the Bumble?
2: We you know what? Have. Don't you guys room uh, together? Space? We did. I'm room. I got Doug now trying to keep uh, him straight.
1: Did Josh
0: left you? He's with Coleman.
1: Josh left you. I forgot we should have yeah. brought that up earlier. Josh's TJ's roommate said, I won't out. I don't want to be TJ's roommate anymore. I'm tired of watching him sit naked and play video games. Oh god. Okay. Anyway, so now you get to look at Doug do that.
3: <laughs> TJ, what do you think?
1: banker. We're gonna start a GoFundMe for Doug to Snapchat a picture of TJ naked playing his video games. <laughs> Listen. We need a thousand dollars. Doug will do it for a thousand bucks.
4: Oh he's Doug <laughs> will do a lot
0: for a thousand dollars. He'll do that. it for twenty bucks.
1: You are Doug is uh I'm
2: a. Uh, this is so <laughs> just to get off topic for a second it's kind of fun I've, I've this never really off topic I've never really minded having a roommate um it's just fun I mean I, I don't mind sitting there because you, you BS about the race and BS about tinder and stuff like that now you um, wonder what Josh is doing all the time without you I know what Josh is doing <laughs> over there and that is absolutely nothing um but uh yeah so getting to know Doug a little bit that's an interesting fella
1: um <laughs> I love Doug. me and Doug coach a basketball team together our last games tonight oh really yeah <laughs> Doug's like part family. Yeah, Doug, right, like he's young. What,
0: what what was TJ's answer? I'm sorry, you, we started talking uh, about. I'm him. gonna go banker for both. Uh, for for uh, man, I don't know.
2: I figure they're. I don't know, man. I
0: no. would say some kind of for, for a man for the guy. I would say some kind of athlete. Uh, athlete. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean. would say athlete, and for a female, I would say stripper. Absolutely. Oh, female. People
1: we could do female
2: jobs yes, both,
3: but they won't post. Traveling athlete. Share that
2: traveling athlete. Why not? Traveling athlete's a good one for sure. Yeah, but uh, Ooh, I think for male, job. teach. I want to hear
1: your women's job before yeah. I say mine.
3: I was gonna say stay-at-home son and daughters. What? Because they literally. That mean? I have have to have no think jobs. about this. Hang on. So you think They're all not.
1: women, most women, want to be stay-at-home moms?
3: Uh, if my no, brother would, be, that really, my brother no. would be killing
1: it on Tinder no, right now. If home. it was stay at home, that's not a <laughs> stay profession. At,
3: stay at home sons that's and that, daughters that's mean that's and they still live with their though. family. John is just so. a stay at home
1: guy. He's not a mom, dad, nothing. He just doesn't <laughs> do anything. He's just a stay at home guy. <laughs> John has the best job. Everyone's got the best
3: job. You know what? I'm not going to say He's anything because I was on Tinder when I was single and it worked well. So,
1: Did you delete
2: your account?
3: Yes. Wait, I did you meet oh, Tinder. You, did you meet Chad? I did not meet
2: Chad. <laughs> what do you, you mean can't work it worked well? say it worked well, I went on a few I'm going days. I'm going midget racer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were on the Tinder?
3: That might be mis- yeah.
1: misunderstood
2: on this Tinder. This
3: was like seven years ago. And you met now. a bunch of dudes? Oh, the best thing to do. uh yeah. you know Josh uh, here we Mastin?
1: Go. Oh yeah.
2: So we would. Do, he used to we to produce his show. Is, you know
3: that, right? Yes, so I know. We would. Uh, <laughs> do
2: you know Josh <laughs> Mastin? Rachel, no, not at all. Never heard of him. We would steal his I'm Tinder. I'm Josh. Nobody knows <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs>
3: we would steal his Tinder, and you can put it from a mile radius from the track and you would see oh, close. who was <laughs> who from the industry was on Tinder.
0: Uh, and oh, it was, good and our was game,
3: it? we would sit at dinner, and our game was like swipe right or swipe left for there Josh's There were drivers Tinder. on there at one point. Yeah. I don't know if
1: they still are.
3: I mean, honestly, you'd be you So how many, how, many, oh, no, Josh, how many dudes
2: did, Josh did you? Josh used to be on there. Josh, yes. my, Josh Williams, Williams used to be on there. Oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Yeah. It's more popular oh my than you God. think. Yeah, actually, how many dudes did you date?
3: Yeah. When I lived in From Chicago, Tinder. I did go on a few dates more so on Tinder than when I lived anywhere else because so I was most, by myself.
2: Who was the most surprising person? Any weird dudes you ever track? met on the
1: Tinder? <laughs>
3: um, oh, I don't know. There are lo- there used to be a lot of drivers on Tinder. Probably not anymore.
1: Mastin. <laughs> weird dudes on Tinder.
2: You um, ever
3: meet any? I mean, I don't remember. It's been like seven years. I did go on a date once, and the guy said he wanted to take me to Mamma Mia, that show. And he's like, I cried the whole way through, and that was the last. That day was I probably won. the last. The show.
1: guy cried, or you cried. The, the
3: cry. The guy cried. The whole oh, way what
1: through. a. Who does uh, that? But otherwise, what idiot! I,
3: I don't remember anything else about <laughs> Tinder. I just remember being on it. It's more popular than you think.
1: If I'm a chick, I'm gonna swipe right on being a Dallas
4: Cowboy cheerleader. All right, ready for the answers? Yes. yes. The top swipe right job for men on Tinder is pilot. Number one. Pilot. And then for women, it's physical therapist.
3: I get the pilot well, thing because you're traveling a lot, you're in a different city. Wow. No. That's, you're in a different city, so you're trying to I don't meet like people. to fly.
4: There's the
1: first problem with that. The second problem is no.
3: But you don't even huh. know if they're accurate. With like, they could just Jason's be lying. just on. making
1: them up. Oh.
2: No,
3: meaning, yeah. like, people could lie about their profession.
1: Podcast producer. Surely
0: <laughs> nobody's ever lied on are <laughs> Boring-ass yeah. jobs, people. Pick something fun. yeah. yeah. Find yeah. some fun people in your life. Yeah. It's fun to have fun. fun What's second, fun.
2: Jason? Podcast producers?
0: Of course.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and then entrepreneur second.
3: Jason, are you on Tinder?
4: Entrepreneur. Absolutely. I'm an entrepreneur, so I can that. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody oh download Tinder so we can pump Jason's profile. Like, just, can we hey, get, hey, get you more followers? Yeah, can, you, can, we, like,
2: can we swipe you're the only right? female here? <laughs> can you set it to a mile radius? Can you <laughs> <Point> Jason?
3: <laughs> oh, oh, no! Oh, boy. Okay, let's play our first edition of the OfferPad Question of the Week. Oh, boy. New this season, every time we have a guest on, we're going to put them on the spot and make them answer the OfferPad Questions of the Week in rapid-fire style. First up, Freddie Kraft. Hey. First one, when did you build or buy your home?
0: Uh, 2018, we built our house.
3: Favorite room or spot in the house?
0: Uh, probably my giant couch that Brett told me not to buy. It's too big for your house. No, it's not.
3: <laughs> Rapid fire, guys! If you were the Casey, built-
0: what did you do to your voice
1: over the winter? You sound amazing today. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're like you're so into this right yeah. now. Leah and I were looking at each other like holy.
4: Who yeah, is this girl? talking about? sorry I interrupted that. your rapid fire. Girl.
3: I've been watching a lot of TV, so like maybe a, not.
2: <laughs> Like a mix between Fergie and Jesus. Good job.
0: All right, go <laughs> I'll by. take it. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, If you were the builder by a house with a different feature than your current house, what would it be?
0: Uh, basement. I always had a basement when I was a kid. I'd like a basement.
3: What room beside your bedroom do you spend the most time in?
0: Uh, <laughs> bathroom? <laughs> uh, probably the kitchen. I got to do all the cooking over there, so it's the kitchen.
3: You do all the cooking?
0: Yeah. Wow. Believe it or not. Look at the size of me. I got I to gotta eat a lot.
3: <laughs> can you teach Chad? Uh, probably not. <laughs> uh, garage or no garage? Garage. Is your kitchen typically kept? Clep- That's cap-
1: not a garage. It's a bar. I've never seen a car in that <laughs> thing in my life. Every time I go over there, there's, there's ping pong and beer pong. Yeah. And well, it's one of them garages. Yeah, it's, the yeah.
0: it's, it's a multi-use facility. Your I mean, garage would, is your basement.
3: This it's rapid not, fire thing is yeah, going real well. It's
2: not
1: for a car, I can
0: tell it's you It's either really hot or really cold out there, <laughs> <Yeah>. too,
1: probably. <laughs>
3: Is your kitchen typically clean or messy?
0: Uh, depends on who's home. If I'm home, it's messy. If Megan's home, it's clean. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Do you make your bed in the morning? Not a chance. Megan? Oh, my
1: gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> I haven't made my bed up since college. Yeah, really? I, I can't <laughs> tell you the last
2: time. Nah. your wife? Jesus, are you serious? I make my daughter. My daughter makes her bed. She's nine every day. I make
3: it every morning. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, All right. Yeah, have
3: Okay, when you come home and just need to sit down, where do you go to your... Where is your go-to... Sorry, can I do that again? (laughs) When you come home and just need to sit down, where is your go-to spot? Uh,
0: (laughs) Either that giant couch that I should (laughs) have not bought or like I have like a little island with some bar stools that I sit down.
3: If you were to sell your house, who would you sell your house through?
0: I would probably go with these guys offer pad. I don't know. You've heard of them, but yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. Does it come with the couch? How about how about yeah. this? If you sell your house, I can't get house, the couch out. So if it's... you sell your house, does it come with your brother John? Yes. Yeah, so, so two things: you got to take my brother John. He lives upstairs. And, and, just, and Megan. He's kind of now nah, Megan <laughs> can come with me, but there's a giant couch that we're not carrying out of there. I and... mean, I'll
3: take Megan. That's so right. this couch
2: keeps coming up. How like you got a picture of this thing? Uh Is it like I a mean, sectional no. with a sectional? It's, <laughs> it's, a huge, it's
0: a big sectional, and it you wouldn't like, fit in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I bought. I really. I fell in love with this couch right before I even bought my house so then you watch I'm, all the races on i go i'm over there i'm showing brett the house once it's built and he's like man this couch is way too big and i'm like i don't I, he's like just kicked me square in the balls at this point i'm like man
1: off
2: <laughs> i like this couch so then i'm
0: now i'm like to so take up, up two sides of your living room yes oh,
1: holy
3: cow yeah it takes it's a whole living you room you don't have room, room for a
1: chair you got a couch no i just got a couch you have to come
3: over it's the back gigantic. you have to
1: jump over the back of the couch <laughs> to get on the couch there's no you room can't, to even you, walk you around
2: but i like nice
4: ask dbc send in your questions 24 7 on twitter using the hashtag ask dbc
3: first one is from j dilly osu what can be done to the setup of the car so they can race but not wreck this weekend was either follow the leader or wrecking how about brett since he's not paying attention
1: what was the question Sorry, I was asking and answering a question. You know the answer to this. We've already said it. you well, want me to tell you know your answer? Cars, they're race, it's not it's not Get them off hard. the ground,
2: soften the tires up.
1: Man, here's the number one thing to do. Make a tire soften that wears out. When we're on lap 40 in a run, at the end of the fuel run, literally, last <laughs> lap of the fuel <laughs> run, faster. Could, could run out of gas. We're still wide open. If you bring a tire that wears out, we can't stay on top of each other. Period. I don't care if we're at Bristol or if we're at Talladega or if we're at Texas World Speedway that's four miles and everybody runs. If a tire wears out, you can't go through the corner wide ass open.
4: Period. Word. Next.
3: So that's all you got. All right. Next one from Tone Boy. El- er-
4: what?
0: Tone Boy. Tone Boy. Tone Boy. Yeah. Jeez.
3: How many trips to Daytona did it take for you to feel comfortable spotting there? Freddie.
0: Uh, it was a couple, I'd say, in the first. How many year. trips you on there now? <laughs> uh, eight or eight 500s. Eight, um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully next couple of years I get comfortable. <laughs> uh, I'd say definitely two or three. It's and it's also a driver thing too. Like I had felt a little bit of comfort and then kind of got thrown into a situation with uh, Greg Biffle where I was his new spotter and he didn't want a new spotter, so that was kind of nerve wracking going into a race. But uh, I feel pretty comfortable now. Bubba doesn't do anything I say, so I know I can't be blamed. <laughs> And uh, we just go from there.
2: Um, I guess it doesn't matter who your driver is. Really, if you're comfortable with the driver, uh, you have to learn each other. You learn how the driver's – the moves that he makes and stuff like that um, in situations that he's going to be in. But it definitely – I mean, definitely takes your a race or two. I, I mean, our first – I don't know if you remember your first Daytona race. I mean, I was nervous as hell. You just
1: told us last week you didn't even remember it. Well, he went back and watched No, I
2: I still get a little nervous now before the race. I mean, you're just anxious, you know. But, um, no, I can tell the first race I ever spotted was Kansas, and I was
1: nervous. Uh, first race I ever spotted was loud in New Hampshire. Um, the spotter couldn't make it that day. We finished uh, 15th or something with Elliot, missed a couple wrecks. So then he fired his spotter over the winter, and the second race I ever spotted in my life, I'd never done a late model race, never done a bush race, never done a truck race. The second race I ever spotted in my life was the Daytona 500. Uh, the good news is, though, I was literally living with Elliot at the time, so we spent a lot of time watching film, He him telling me what he needed. Before we came to the green, I could have vomited everywhere. I was a nervous freak. But by the time we got to Talladega, um, we'd spent enough time together. And and obviously I had one under my belt. Hadn't really been uh, nervous at a plate race since. I get a little bit of butterflies coming to the green at the Daytona 500, but it's not because I'm nervous. To me, you get nervous when you don't know what you're doing. You're in a situation that you don't know how to handle it. Um, I get anxious. Like, I get fired up, and I have to calm myself down because I will get kind of butterflies in my stomach because I know how bad I want to win that race. Don't get me wrong. I want to win every race. Um, but that one, I do get this funky little feeling in my body.
3: All right. Last one is from Kyle Rush.
1: Kyle. That's our offer pad guy. Mm-hmm.
3: I know. He
1: had a great question. Yeah. Awesome. Good for Kyle.
3: How do you keep your driver mentally prepared and ultimately ready to climb in his car this week as he heads to Vegas after a major scare yesterday with Newman. TJ?
2: Um, I, my driver's pretty mentally stable. I mean, he understands the risks and everything and and um, he's got a really level head on his shoulder. So, uh, you know, you just, you got to go business as usual. You can't make it awkward because then it gets awkward, you know, Bus- business as usual. You got to get in there and when they drop the checker, flag, when they drop the green flag, we're all right back, yeah, right, right, back.
0: right to business. So I mean, that was such a freak accident, Sass, yeah, uh, Monday. That you know you can't, you can't let that. You we can't couldn't do it again that. if we tried. No, you mean, know what I, mean? I mean? It's like, it's a perfect storm right there, and 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 my guy probably feels invincible after his wreck a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Where you're not, you know what I mean? But yeah. so like, you, there's not really there's nothing you can say. Like I, the only thing I talked to Bubba about was I had sent him a text hearing some of the rumors that we heard. Just you know, kind of telling him to just kind of stick close to Ryan just because, it, you know, I was worried about the worst happening. You know, He, he might take that upon himself. Right. So just yeah. want to have people, have people around him. But like you said, you don't really it's, – it's like the un, unwritten rule. You don't speak about it. You know what I mean? It's just business as usual once a green flag drops.
1: I mean, I hate to say this about these guys, um, these drivers, but they're animals. They're, uh, they don't have a lot of uh, the fear chromosome in their body. Having been close friends with a lot of them, you know, I even said to Clint on the phone, you know, Clint, man, going back when they swapped us in that lineup, man, maybe that wasn't such a bad thing. He's like, no, the, no, screw that. They took away my chance to win the Daytona 500. So they don't have that. And, I mean, look, these guys grew up. They've been wrecking since they were five, six, seven years old. And way less safer car. They don't, they don't have fear. They're not normal. That's what makes them special. And I've never been around a guy this says I'm scared to do this. I don't want to do this. So, you know, whatever reason. And when that switch flips, they quit because they know they can't compete. You can't get in these cars scared and compete and do your job. Period. So they don't. They don't feel what Kyle Rush thinks they feel. I don't have to say a word to Clinton to get him mentally ready this weekend. Yeah, I don't. And ever- if I did, he'd forget it by tomorrow anyway because yeah. <laughs> he saw all over the place and they scattered. Forget it two minutes later, they're, he's, they're animals. Yeah, but they're conscious of of they're worried yeah, they, about Ryan they, Newman but they're not worried about their own safety yeah. you know it's cr- i can't explain it to you guys you guys sent such great questions in uh, Kyle Rush, actually the guy on here was He's kind enough he was kind enough to pay for him he doesn't even have one himself maybe that's why he submitted a t-shirt maybe. question uh, but all three of you guys man t-shirts this week uh, be patient on the mailing my house is, is under construction again once we get my garage
4: where I do not park cars either uh, yeah, like I Fred was Craft. Say, we'll get it we'll get it back up and running we'll get you guys your shirts And there will be even more ways to win T-shirts this year, so keep leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we'll pick one and read one on the show each week. Also new this year, when we post the show from Dirty Mo Media's Twitter account, if you retweet it, we'll randomly select someone for a shirt every single week this year. Yeah, just DM Jason or swipe right on him.
0: Maybe TJ can get one. TJ, you (laughs) could
2: retweet our show and win something. (laughs) Yeah, Want to try that? (laughs) My my. might. I'll DM Jason. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Let's see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download.
4: When you get done listening to this podcast, go listen and subscribe to the Dale Jr. Download. This week, a double dose of guests, Kyle Larson and Daytona Xfinity winner Noah Gregson joins us. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms.
3: All right, so we are headed to Vegas. Yay. I cannot wait to hear what you guys plan on doing while you're there, since you know Vegas is just.
0: Fever, so much Las fun. Vegas. I haven't gotten my itinerary yet. What are we doing? I mean, usually Well, the you president, my
1: the president, we were so happy about being in Daytona is going to be in Vegas on Thursday, so none of us can get there. He's going to be there Thursday morning, so like we were going to leave Thursday morning, get there, you know, early afternoon. Now we're not leaving until three o'clock, so I don't know what time I'll put me landed. Yeah, same thing. Uh, STK. Got to go there. John George is an area. Got to go there. Lowry's is a good spot right off the strip. Um, man, there's so much fun to be had in Vegas. It, you can't pick a better market for us to have a racetrack. I love that town. I love playing blackjack. I love playing craps. Me and Bubba and Freddie and Clint always get together at least one night and go sit at a table and play $2 blackjack. Remember, we taught William Byron how to play last year. Yeah. Um, poor kid. I picture
2: Clint uh, as being the guy that talks to the dealer the entire time.
1: Oh, he talks to everybody. And then he gets on his phone, and they scream at him, sir, you can't be on your phone. And he puts it up, and then he forgets he can't be on his phone, and he gets it <laughs> back out, sir, you can't put you on your phone. And the best part is is when other people are playing with us it doesn't know who he is, and so they're like, man, put, put your damn phone up. Because they get tired of the dealer having to tell him to put his phone up, and he just looks at them. And then he forgets they said, put your phone up. <laughs> I guess it's just the funniest thing.
3: Can you film this? Bubba's please? are
1: really good Bubby's, are Bubba's a really Bubby. good old, Bubby. Good old, Bubby. old Bubby. 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 Bubba's a really good gambler. He's uh he knows how to play a lot of games and I do too, so we have we mm. have a lot of fun. I hear Danny's a good gambler. Denny's a big gambler, <laughs> yes. and I'm going to tell you what. Denny
3: doesn't sit at the same table as you guys probably no. sit at. Uh, That's not true
1: because when he's spent so much money, we can sit down and do whatever we want with us. <laughs> Trust me. He, uh, I've, I've seen him play for some very – I've seen him play play for house payment. Yeah. Like I'm Insane. talking about house payment. Like sold. his
0: house or my house? Like his yeah. house. <laughs>
1: Your house? <laughs> yeah. He tips that much money. Yeah. I've
2: We've all heard – I've heard the rumors of <laughs> – I've seen it live <laughs> – yeah, <laughs>
1: he ain't scared.
3: He's All right, DBC picks now after Daytona. Brett is leading after winning by picking Corey. Um, you. TJ, you picked Reddick, which you didn't win. Clearly, what do you guys think?
2: Man, I I don't know how the speed's going to be, but I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with D
1: Benedetto. You know, here's the thing: I want to pick Martin Truex, but he's got a new crew chief, so I'm a little mm-hmm. bit nervous. Um, so, Be I'm scared? not going to pick him. Throw them chips down. I'm going to go with, oh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Big limb. Kyle Bush. No, I knew it. I just said <laughs> Whoa. it. Whoa. <laughs> do trip. Don't fall. Homestead yeah. winner.
2: Champion. Hope that's,
1: a, hope
0: that's a thick limb. I'm going for <laughs> two in a row.
3: Freddie, what do you think?
0: I uh, honestly like, I hate to say this on this show with everybody listening. I like the 22 this week. 22 is going to be tough to beat. Man, I'm
1: just proud of, of TJ me. for kissing his new roommate's ass already publicly on the show by picking his driver, <laughs> Matt DiBenedetto. I just I think I think Matt's uh I think Matt's been quietly
2: quietly good. He had a good no one probably noticed, but he was quietly hanging out, you know, in the top 10 there. Um I'm excited to see what he can do. I think this is a great opportunity for him. I think he's ready
1: to show it. I think this is the year that he he can really make have a coming yeah, out party. That's I, mean, what I'm saying. I mean, he's got talent. Uh, he's got his equipment. same spotter he had last year, so there's no nothing new there. He's got a great crew around him. Billy Kerwood's one of my favorite people in Garage, the car chief on that car. Like yeah. he, He's got all the tools and resources. It's his job to put it together.
2: Yeah, and I think he's going to have a little motivation to be doing that right now. To, to You know what I mean? He's going to have some, some drive to show, so I'm rolling
0: with it. Agree.
3: All right, anything we want to rant about?
0: I have two rants. Awesome. One is in this room. Jesus. The other one. Two. This room. The, who? is driving the double zero car, Brett. I have no idea, but he's terrible.
1: <laughs> he's not. I don't know if he's terrible, but I know he's an idiot. He's terrible. He, <laughs> he tried to wreck the 10, and then he tried to wreck the 10 again, and he wrecked himself. It, he's terrible. It, it
0: just goes to show you that. Uh, What's asked, his name? I, just, I don't know his name. I think it's it was a Quinn Huff, because I think that's who it was. Oh, yeah, he brought like a little bit of so money he, in the kick castle here's, out. Here's where you go wrong as a team owner. You kick out a guy like Landon Castle, who took your car every week, never had an issue, never knew he was in the race, got out of the way. You finished a little did, better than you were supposed to every yeah, week with and, Landon. And, and you didn't tear up race cars. This idiot gets out there, and we have an entire line of, what, five or six really good cars. Yeah. And he runs the 10 on the apron. So I'm, I'm I'm like, oh, God, look out. you know. Yeah. All right, we're OK. I'm, now I start. What an idiot. What's this? Idiot doing. Yeah, we come off a two, and he we go. I'm like, all right, now Eric's out to the outside. Oh, well, look on! We're all now We're wrecked because he just turns across Eric's nose, and I'm like,
2: what? Are like, you the, sure it's not the spotter?
0: Let's just uh, well, say. Let's just I don't say. Know, but
2: you should still. i You
1: could still. Let's say this guy brought a million bucks, and Lana Castle gets kicked out. Right, this guy has
0: cost him three hundred thousand. Yeah, you, you can only do this three more times, and you, you and you're in broke a broke even. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. My second rant. We've Jason, never had a double rant. Jason, have you any yeah. idea what my
4: rant was going to be about here tonight? I don't know. I saw Freddie out at the Oyster Pub on a Friday so night. So I tell Jason, if I, was, you saw, you I saw listen pop. to me.
0: I was at the Oyster Pub, Dillner texts, and uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm at the Oyster Pub. Come have a couple beers. So we're at the Oyster Pub. Have a couple beers. Jason sits down. or We text Jason. I said, Jason, they're running a special tonight. It's all the White Claw you can drink. <laughs> Get your ass over here. I'll buy you some drinks. He said, I'm already here. So he said, I'm <laughs> on my way. So then he actually showed up, which surprised me to start with. Then I said, what kind of white claw do you want he ordered a Michelob Ultra so I was proud of him for that so then he nice. told me it was and his, he forced it down and then he, he drank I think he had two of them to be honest <laughs> three. three three oh, oh, oh three oh. of them so we carried him out and no, I'm just kidding so he so was swiping right so then <laughs> um I go somebody it was his birthday Sunday right happy yeah. birthday happy birthday Jason Thank happy you. birthday so too, he tells yeah. me it's his birthday so I'm like all right give us two shots of jack fire Ugh. He, they bring uh, exactly. this shot out. No way. Shut no up. No way. So they bring this shot out, and Jason like looks at it. <laughs> I'm like, Jason, drink the shot right now. No, no. He's like, I'm not. I don't uh, blame him. I'm not doing it. I'm like, Jason, it's your birthday. This is peer pressure. It's your birthday.
3: So spend it how he wants to. So, no,
0: no. You got to do it our way. <laughs> so then he Never he he, he, he agrees to take the shot right, yeah. and he picks this shot up and <laughs> takes.
1: Tell me you the video this. The smallest oh, sip God. I've ever
0: seen out of a shot, and <laughs> I don't even know what the face he made was. <laughs> so then I had to let him I had let him off the hook. Dillner did the shot, I think. So then I'm like, all right, we're leaving. There's uh, another establishment not far from there. Dillner's wife just got mad at him because she didn't know he did <laughs> shots anyway. <anymore>. Lollipops? No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it might be near lollipops. Grand, 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 song. grand song? It's, The views are grand from what I understand. She over shows. It. Hmm. And I tried to drag <laughs> Jason down there with me for last call, but it didn't work. He went to bed about 2 a.m., and... And that was it. But, I mean, damn it, Jason. We're just trying to have fun. Jason, was, you can't sip a shot. I've had such bad experiences. It's not called a sipper. It it's called a shooter. It was his birthday. Like, he should know,
3: enjoy it how he wants It wasn't
4: his birthday yet. <laughs> you don't smell the tequila shot before you drink no, it. Oh, God, no. I just quick... Shots have been not agreed with me ever. I've had. So, like, I gave him an option.
0: I said, I, I decided. Told him, I said, Fireball. He said, No. I said, All right, what do you want to drink? Nothing. So now, <laughs> I just now forced, we're drinking what I want. <laughs> I just forced down the
4: Fireball. For, the Fireball. It also was like this huge glass. i like, I've never no, seen a no, shot no, without my 22. shot. you oh, 22. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> and then you passed
1: up. You know, last call. Yeah, last Um, call. I mean. just made me think about all the liberal tears when they heard Trump say,
0: gentlemen, start your ass. (laughs) I think that's that's what rained us out. Yeah, that's what rained (laughs) us out.
2: I saw that meme. That was funny. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Wow, Jason. That's but depressing. We'll
0: try to get into somewhere else, Jason. I don't know where you're coming out to next.
3: See, but. and I brought him Dunkin' Donuts, which is how he should really be spending did his
0: he? Did he day. bite one of the little ones first? <laughs> check it out. <laughs> this spit good? it out. wasn't a cinnamon donut, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: you guys are the worst. I got something I want to tell the fans. I'm going to analyze the last half of the lap first of the race, okay? So Newman and Blaney get hooked up. They blow by Denny Hamlin. Newman's now the leader, okay? Blaney realizes his chance to win is to stop pushing Newman, and he does. He backs up to the 11 boom, they hook up. Here they come. Now Blaney's in the best position to win the race. Newman did everything he could to block Blaney. And in my opinion, he successfully blocked Blaney. After Blaney got blocked, in my opinion, he conceded the opportunity to win the race, and he did everything he could to push Ryan Newman to win the race so that they could finish first and second. But for whatever reason, when they got hooked up, it sent Ryan Newman spinning, okay? Then after the wreck, we know what happened. Corey LaJoy came in there, said he couldn't see, hit Ryan Newman in the worst spot possible. But you stupid fans on Twitter and other places, wherever you live, wherever you're at, Blaney did not wreck Ryan Newman intentionally. Corey LaJoy did not hit Ryan Newman intentionally. So stop, uh, stop uh, assaulting those guys and blaming those guys. I promise you those two guys didn't sleep that night. They probably hadn't slept since that uh, night. Did you see- like, I, I've, I've been in touch with somebody that's very close to Blaney. I know how shook he is. Like, you people don't realize we put our lives – they put their lives on the line to go out there and put on a great race. And and when those things happen like, – like, like, had this been the Carl Edwards scenario where he wrecked Keselowski at Atlanta on purpose, I would let you guys play this game you were playing. But in that situation – this none of this was intentional, so don't say that. You, you guys are idiots.
0: That that picture of Corey, I don't know if you saw that one yeah. where the car's on his car stopped on fire, yeah. and he's out kneeling. You yeah. can tell he's praying for yes. Ryan, like yeah. somebody's like, oh no, he's just hurt. I'm like, no, he is sitting there praying for Ryan yeah. Newman at that moment because he knows exactly where he hit him in that car. Yeah, and you know what I mean, so like that 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 one picture was insane.
2: Yeah, there's. No doubt in my mind, Ryan was trying to push. Oh. He was trying to help the six win the race. Yeah, at he, that point, they, like, at it, that point, it's, it's Now you want
0: to push that six to the win yeah. versus the eleven
2: because of the four. Yeah, hundred percent, man, and yeah, hundred percent, no doubt about it. It was not
1: malicious. None of that. No. Was a, people are, you know, it, it just don't say stupid things, people. Trust yeah. me. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a family. It, it's a family. It's end of the day. Um, yeah, nothing about it. I mean, Ryan did everything he could do. Got blocked. Then he went to the next best thing, was push a forward across the line. So uh, Ryan was a great teammate all day. He was a great helper. We pushed him a lot. He pushed us a lot. And uh, he, you know, great for him. He was in a great position to try to win the race. All you can ask for is a good shot.
1: And he didn't do anything. He did nothing wrong. Got the Thunderbirds last week. We get the Thunderbirds again this week in Vegas. That Speaking double, of them, that, the second dr- the second flyby one. scared me.
2: <laughs> well, it they was, had,
1: they had it on the afterburners. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. That though. was badass was when yeah. he gave the command. They all
0: split off. That yeah, man, Vegas badass.
1: is a fun racetrack. You know, it's a cool track to compete on too. But man, they got they got the showgirls out there. They always have fun in the fans zone. You got the Thunderbirds out there flying around. You never
0: know whose Instagram story you're gonna end up on. No, last
1: <laughs> well, yeah, Gwent's playing again this weekend. Oh, it's b- a fun
2: it's a fun racetrack for this package too. We got a lift yeah um you got to live through the bumps um it's it's a good racetrack it's fun it's fun on night racing yeah I, man, we, I mean we used to bring a
1: big crowd. Big, big crowd, big crowd. So i'm excited man i got a great schedule this weekend cup only um man i'm, I'm loving vegas
3: yeah, win Should some be good. money. Should I'm be good. gonna take
1: a bunch of money, Freddie. We're gonna win some money this time. I got some friends I'm, coming I'm there. Man, Freddie sat down at the table last time. He's like, "Man, I want to play three card poker." And I'm like, "I don't really want to play." He's like, "Let's play three card poker." So I sit down and play. I'm like, "You pick the seat. You want to play?" Because where you sit in blackjack, you can dictate some things. Where you sit in three card poker, it's luck of the draw. We sit down and then Freddie's like, "My like, Freddie pick a seat." So he picked a seat. I first. literally
0: spent an hour trying to talk him into playing this game, and finally he comes over and plays. <laughs> I sit down the very first hand. I won three grand. <laughs> Right next to me,
1: took and then my He, went and lost he took it. my cards from the the hand. I had floor. a straight flush right off the bat. Three grand. And so I gave him 500 bucks. I was going to kill him. Well, he I'm expecting
3: my- you guys to make money and share when you go back to the show next week. <laughs> I was so mad. You don't
1: even share your Chick-fil-A. I'm, yeah, where's your Chick-fil-A at today?
3: I brought 120 chicken biscuits. Guess no, how many, I guess. go yeah. how to how the many break those, room and get it. Guess how
2: many of them chicken biscuits are in this go studio right now? Go to the right break now. room
3: and get it. Xfinity Not brought one. Noah and the team biscuits for winning. And so you, you didn't bring us have...
2: biscuits. You brought other people. That's cool. Like, nope. That's fine. That's my rant. We're good. That's it. Rant over.
3: <laughs> I brought Dunkin' Donuts and Chick Fil A. What have you brought lately?
2: Love for you. <laughs> Not you look, even that. You honestly. look beautiful today.
3: Not even that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys as always for listening. Please help us out by sharing the link to the show, and of course, send tons of comments. All good ones only. Yeah,
0: only good. We only want good reviews. If you <laughs> yes. got bad reviews, keep She's that so shit so tired to of show. hearing us talk.
3: Yeah. I'm so tired of hearing you guys talk. It's <laughs> oh, kind of ridiculous. All right, thank you guys. Hope you have a great week.
2: We
1: are, huh? Yeah, out. Thanks.
4: Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.